Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to mini episode 78 of Real Life Ghost Stories. To kick things off this week, we need to thank some Patreon subscribers because I am way behind. So we got some catching up to do. I would like to thank Kizzy White, Mylan Martin, Kelly Ann Blacher, Sophie Miller, Maria Rutledge, Kitty Howard, Julia, Lisa C, Liz, Joe Ann McGuinness, Katie Dawn Crutchley Helming, Strange Pagan, Angel Mia Feemster, Julia Davies, Tara James, Lucia Zed, Ashley Rossow, Tay, Happy November 2nd birthday Alicia and Caleb Smith. Thank you so much for being our Patreon subscribers. We love you and we appreciate you. And just a reminder that there is currently no new Patreon content being added. There is all of the access to the back catalogue of all the old episodes, but there is no new content until around September time. And I have three lovely spooky stories for you today. So let's get started. And our last story comes from July 31st, 2020. And story number one comes from Aaron. I've always been a fan of the spooky and the creepy, ever since I can remember. The typical stuff such as Halloween, Hocus Pocus, I was literally only allowed to rent it once a month because that's all I ever wanted to rent. Oh, and Roald Dahl's Witches. And I mainly only consumed ghost stories from school book fairs. Plus, growing up in New England, I always felt connected to the wonderfully historic buildings and landscape of the town I grew up in. That being said... I've always had a healthy respect and fear for everything that has come before us. So while I love spooky tales and watching scary movies and shows on TV, I don't actively seek out paranormal experiences and I'm deathly afraid of Ouija boards or any type of conjuring or contacting. I always try to explain to my sceptical friends that Ouija boards are like chat rooms from when we were little. Yes, there may be some nice people on there, but the majority are creepy pervs aka negative spirits or evil entities trying to talk to little vulnerable kids. I never had any paranormal experiences until I took the fall semester off from college in 2008 to volunteer in a hospital in Buenos Aires. I am a nurse and know this isn't a hospital ghost story but my friends have tons of those. I met a Porteño man and was soon swept off my feet as a 20 year old would be. He invited me to spend a couple of weeks in Barry Loche at his childhood home with his parents. I was so excited to see this area of Argentina, and it all felt like a clandestine adventure, so I jumped on the invitation. It really is so beautiful there, and honestly feels like you're suddenly in Switzerland, 
with all the gorgeous mountains and the lakes all around. The buildings are also very Germanic looking, as many Germans left, aka fled and escaped, Germany after World War II to settle here. And Felix's home was no different. It was this beautiful German-style Tudor home built on the top of this hill, tucked into the woods, and from the backyard you could look across a beautiful expanse of lakes below. Pretty soon after I got there, Felix's parents started to tell me about the house, saying that it was built by a German man in the late 1940s, who had lived and died in the home with no family to inherit the property. After the man passed away, Felix's family purchased the home in the 1970s, with many of the original items still in the home. Felix's mother told me that once she was in the basement looking through the man's belongings, and in the corner of the room she saw a painting in a frame. She didn't like the painting, but she loved the frame, and wanted to repurpose it, so she popped out the painting, and to her shock, she found that behind a banal pastoral scene was a huge portrait of Hitler. She then went on to tell me that they have many friends who will no longer stay in the home or visit because of the things that happened to them here. My immediate thought to myself was, oh wonderful, I'm trapped in this home for two weeks with a terrifying Nazi ghost. She said that one of their friends was staying in one of the guest rooms upstairs and during the middle of the night the sheets were ripped off of him straight into the air. They found him the next morning chain smoking in the living room and he refused to stay the night again. The main staircase to the upstairs went up into almost a square foyer sitting room type space with bedrooms off the square. The guest bedroom where people's sheets were getting ripped off was straight ahead from the staircase and during the whole time I was there I could not bring myself to look inside. It had that much of a creepy scary vibe emanating from the room. Plus I did not want to piss off any ghost that I knew I had to endure for a couple of weeks. In the first days of our visit, it was late afternoon, still sunny outside, and Felix and I were in the non-haunted guest room, right next to the notorious sheets being ripped off room. We were getting somewhat frisky, you could say, when we heard three loud bangs on the door. My immediate thought was, oh my god, are we being loud? How embarrassing. His parents, who never come upstairs, are banging on the door to tell us to be quiet. But Felix went to the door and opened it, but there was nobody there. Honestly, I think at this point I was still trying to find reasonable explanations for events, for my own psychological preservation, knowing that I was going to be here no matter what for two weeks. So I just told myself that his parents had ran back downstairs quickly. Mind you, both of his parents were in their 70s and his father was on dialysis, so neither of them could actually be sprinting around the house. One of Felix's friends came over, but honked when he was in the driveway. We went outside and he proceeded to tell me that he would never go back into that house. He also was staying in that notorious guest room and he too had the sheets ripped off him in the middle of the night. Another time, he was in the formal living room and a clock sitting on the mantelpiece was thrown off. The home and setting were so gorgeous, but there was always this feeling that you were being watched. I'd be in the shower and could feel eyes on me and would be praying in my head literally any time that I was alone to please be left alone and that I meant no harm. A couple of nights later, Felix said, Do you hear that? And I shrugged and said I didn't hear anything. And he said, Oh, 
it's no big deal. I just heard someone whispering. That always happens here. And then he proceeded to fall asleep. Like literally within 30 seconds of saying that, leaving me to shudder under the covers until I drifted off myself. Another night we were lying in bed chit-chatting. The bedside table lamp was on as our only light source. And this was 2008 in Argentina, so neither of us had smartphones plugged into the bedside table or anything else for that matter. We were facing each other. Felix's back was to the bedside table and lamp. And suddenly, without warning, the bedside lamp was flung off the table and crashed onto the floor, breaking into bits. I yelped and dove under the covers, refusing to look back out until Felix turned on a different light. The lamp literally flew about four feet from the bedside table and looked as though someone had shoved or slapped the lamp from behind, even though there was a wall behind it. And trust me, I tried debunking this because it scared the shit out of me so badly, but the distance the lamp travelled, the speed and that it was pushed with such force to break the lamp just didn't make any sense. Neither of us were by the table. There was nothing else plugged into the outlet such as phone chargers that could have accidentally bumped something off. Once again, Felix was totally cool with the whole thing and fell asleep again soon after, leaving me to once again shudder and shit myself as I tried to fall asleep. Felix later told me that he was just used to these things. They were always happening since he grew up in the house. He also told me that the town was a hotspot for the paranormal. We once had gone to his friend's house that was a small cabin in the woods and when we were driving back home Felix told me that the family actually has a big house on the same property but can't live in it due to paranormal activity. After the lamp throwing incident I was always repeating in my head Okay, I'm sorry we're in your home just please don't touch me or make yourself visually seen because literally I will die. This experience made it impossible for me to deny that ghosts are real. As I said before I've always loved spooky stuff, and there was also somewhat a sceptical side of me. Like, I could understand how people say this is all baloney, but after seeing that myself, there was no doubt in my mind, and my interest in learning more really peaked after this. Fast forward 10 years, and my wonderful fiancé knows my love of ghosties, and will occasionally go along with some of the ghost-centric activities I want to do, such as ghost tours or visiting historical places. So one October we went to Philadelphia to visit the notorious Eastern State Penitentiary, not for ghost hunting, which I'm sometimes conflicted about people antagonising spirits, but I'm also a sucker for those shows. But I wanted to take in the historical awesomeness of it. A few months later we were visiting Dan's parents, and we were telling them about our trip and Dan, much to my chagrin, was telling his parents that we decided to go on a ghost tour of Philly and then to see the Eastern State Penitentiary because of my love of ghosts. Of course, I didn't want to appear to be a weird, morbid girl that their son had started dating, so I was like, well, it's, it's actually the history that I love. And to my surprise, Dan's mom's cousin and her husband were like, oh, we love ghosts too. We've been to Eastern State Penitentiary many times. They proceeded to tell us all the crazy places they've gone ghost hunting, like abandoned lunatic asylums and notoriously haunted cemeteries. Way more hardcore than anything I would ever consider doing because I'm a chicken. Dan's mom was really shocked by this, especially with her cousin because they were so close and she had no idea that that's what they did for fun. As she was telling us that she couldn't believe in all this scary stuff, her phone sitting on the table next to the chair 
said in that Siri voice. Hello, Elizabeth. Dan proceeded to look up if it's possible to get Siri to say your name, if his mom had set her phone up to do that, etc. First of all, at the time, you couldn't just get your iPhone to say that. We were looking through all of this stuff and there's some way to program your name, but it can't unprompted say hello and your name. It was a complicated setup, which his mom said she never did. Even creepier is that she never actually goes by Elizabeth. She prefers Liz instead. So she would never set anything up to say Elizabeth. And in a room full of six people, we all saw her phone sitting on the table untouched. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And story number two comes from Sarah. I live in the east of England with my mum and dad. We've always lived in this house, which is a new build. So obviously you would think that it was less likely to be haunted. When I was younger, my sister lived with us and we had to share a room. We had two cats and two dogs. When I reached year four, one of the cats sadly passed away. A few weeks later, we would walk around the house and the places where the cat used to sleep would suddenly get warm or cold as if the cat was sleeping there. We would also feel the cat jump on our bed, but nothing that scared us. And we've also caught his eyes in pictures. Four years later, I was in year eight and my other cat passed away. And same as before, I would feel the cat jump on the bed and sometimes we think we've seen the cats out of the corner of our eyes. A little while after, I was watching a live Most Haunted with my parents. And during the show, the hosts said, text in if something happens at your home. At this time, the light bulb flew out of the socket and smashed onto the ground. Coincidence or not... I don't know what happened. When the dogs passed away, my sister was at uni. But I remember clear as day standing in the garden and turning around to see my dog at the back door looking at me. And my sister also saw him at various points. About a week later, my mum and I were talking upstairs. I was sitting in my room with the door open and she was standing outside the room. We both stopped mid-conversation and looked towards the bathroom ceiling. To this day, I cannot describe what I saw. The best way is it was like a Spider-Man shadow type thing with long arms and legs clinging to the ceiling. We both said, Did you see that? 
and little did we know that was the start of our hauntings. Later that week, Mum was taking a shower. She got out and turned the shower off, but to her surprise, it turned back on. She kept pressing the button off, but it wouldn't turn off. She yelled to my dad and I to help. We both ran upstairs, but the bathroom door wouldn't open. As hard as we tried, it wouldn't budge. Eventually, we got the door open, but we couldn't enter the room. The room was full of smoke. It wasn't fog, it wasn't mist, it wasn't steam, it was smoke. We turned the water off and the smoke disappeared and everything went back to normal. This would be a reoccurring thing. The shower turning on when no one was there, but we got used to it. My bedroom is next to the bathroom, and my room seems to attract the weird and the creepy. It started off with I would be taking off my makeup looking in the mirror and I would see someone walking into my room and sit on my bed. I would turn around expecting my mum to be there but no one was. One day I was at work and I came home to find my rabbit hutch, yes I had rabbits in my room, had all its doors open. Doors I don't ever open were open. Sometimes my timid rabbit would end up on my bed during the night even though she was in the hutch when I went to sleep. I still cannot explain it. Another day my television turned on. I never used the TV so it was odd. I couldn't find the remote anywhere and searched for what seemed like hours to have it appear in the middle of the floor. I had an ex-round once and we were arguing a little. I was studying hairdressing at the time and had some styling heads in the corner of my room. Suddenly they came flying at me and him with no reason. I couldn't help but feel that this ghost was trying to warn me off my ex because later he went on to hurt me. I've had books fly out of my wardrobe when I was asleep. Books that were in sealed boxes and have no reason to fall. My dad has also seen this. I've had pictures randomly fall off the walls and regardless of what I do, one picture is always at an angle. The original picture that was angled, I took down and didn't hang a picture where it was, but later... A picture on the other side of the wall went crooked. Even if I try and straighten it up, it goes back to being at an angle, so I've just left it. I've heard movement downstairs when I was in my room. Not like house sounds, but like someone or something in the kitchen moving chairs. When my sister was pregnant, I bought my niece a teddy bear. It sat in my room for months. Now, might I add, this teddy bear was brand new and couldn't be haunted... But every night the teddy bear was in my room, I would wake up seeing a little girl. I saw her to begin with sat down next to the bear and then eventually she moved to my doorway. It could be down to being tired, but I know what I saw and she reminded me of myself when I was around six. Since giving the bear to my niece, I haven't seen this little girl. Last year, something happened that really creeped the living hell out of me. My parents were babysitting my niece so I was at home alone. It was during the summer so the back door was open. I sat watching some Netflix and I kid you not, I saw someone or something peeping around the back door. I shit myself and had to ring a friend. When I was waiting for the friend to answer, I saw the same thing on the other side of the room. I remembered what a friend of mine said. And that was to say, you are not welcome here. So I shouted it, and I haven't seen it since.
And story number three comes from Bushra. My mother has had more serious paranormal encounters in her childhood than I could ever imagine. She has had some stuff with voodoo dolls, exploring places which don't exist and going to temples which were never there. As a matter of fact, she was also almost possessed and went through an exorcism when she was just 10 years old. Before I begin to tell you her story, I need to trace it back to her father, my maternal grandfather, who had similar experiences and may have passed down his vulnerability to my mom. He was very handsome in his early years, and it is believed that jinns or the genies, as we call them, get attracted to beauty. One day in the early 1930s, he was passing by a farm and he apparently fainted under an allegedly haunted tree, which he came to know of later. And after this event, he started falling sick very frequently. After subsequently having weird experiences for years, he finally went to a Maulana, which is a Persian or Arabic scholar or a Muslim priest, to see if something was actually wrong. The Maulana said it was too late and that no prayer or magic would help him. The jinns, the plural form, had found a home and lived in his shadow for far too long. The jinns refused to leave and stayed with him until the day he died. My grandfather died of stomach cancer just two days after a successful operation which the doctors called a miracle. As for my mother, when she was just 10, she decided to go to a secluded lake in a barren area with her friend to collect some wet clay. They had decided to make some toys out of it as part of a school project. When they reached the place and started collecting the clay, they heard someone shouting curse words at them. They looked around to see who was behind the words, and to their horror they saw a small hut which wasn't there when they had arrived. They went closer to see who was inside. They saw an old woman lying on a bed looking at them and shouting curse words at them, speaking in some other language in between. My mother and her friend ran as fast as they could, not looking back even once. My mother came home and went to my grandmother, and she told her that she felt sick. She asked for food. My grandmother was surprised to hear that, as my mother had already eaten her lunch before going out with her friend, but she gave her more food anyway. My mother, getting restless, then asked for more after finishing her lunch for the second time. My grandmother put her hand on my mother's forehead to check her temperature and she was burning up. My grandmother immediately sensed that something was wrong. She quickly sent my uncle to call Dada G, a pious old man who lived down the street. He knew a thing or two about the paranormal. He came in and when he saw my mother he went quiet. He then snapped out of it and asked my mum whether she had by any chance gone to the lake. My mother replied she had and started laughing hysterically and simultaneously asking for more food. He then quickly performed the exorcism or whatever it was which took an hour, relieving my mum of the terrible state that she was in. According to my mum's description, people suspected that it was the doing of a witch, so a group went in search of the hut that my mum was talking about. They came back in two hours, finding no sign of the hut and no sign of the woman. To this day, nobody knows whether it was a witch or a djinn in human form or a ghost, but whatever it was, it wasn't very good. I've always had weird dreams about all sorts of ghosts or spirits and also places where I've never been before but will go in the future. Lucid dreams have always been a close friend, 
and it is very often that I see myself controlling my dreams and flying in them because I'm aware of the fact that I'm just dreaming. Besides some deja vu experiences, I've never seen a paranormal event unfold in the physical world except one time. It was summer, and I was a skinny ten-year-old, visiting my paternal aunt's home with my family and another cousin of mine who was the same age. My aunt's mother-in-law lived in the house too. She's a nice woman. She is almost a hundred years old now and is often seen talking to her dead husband, inviting him to have tea with her. So my brother, who was five years old at the time, my cousin and I were playing on the stairs of a garage. We were hopping and racing down from the top. My brother and my cousin were on the second last step, and I was on the sixth last from the bottom. We were happily playing when suddenly a man appeared, literally out of thin air as the garage door was locked. The man was making weird noises. He had large eyes and dirty grey hair, torn clothes and was coming towards us with his arms stretched. To be honest, his appearance was more like a zombie than a ghost. Since my companions were near the exit to the courtyard, they immediately ran away, but I was on the sixth step from the bottom, so I had to quickly come down and jump from the fourth step to save my life. The adrenaline definitely helped. As I was running towards the exit, I turned back to make sure I was not being chased, but to my bad luck I was. The man's face was just inches away from mine, and it was the ugliest sight I had ever laid eyes on. A feeling of dread ran through my body and I sprinted through the curtains that hung at the door. I saw my brother who had wet his pants and my cousin standing there too numb to say a word. Without thinking for another second, and within a span of five seconds from our escape, I turned around and ran into the garage to face him. But I found nobody there. The garage was still locked. We decided to run upstairs and inform our aunt about this. When we told of our experience all out of breath, our father intervened and told us to stop troubling her with our stories. I started to lose my shit because my father was making the same mistake parents in horror movies do, not believing what their children see. But my aunt told us she would tell us something about this, as long as we promised never to go there alone. She told us that it was very probable that we had seen a ghost. According to what we had described to her, it appeared that we were talking about her old servant, who used to live in the room below the stairs in the garage. She further went on to say that he had died a month ago, and the following week gave me no sleep. To this day I have never gone to the garage because the crystal clear image of that man's face is still embedded in my mind. I have never seen him since and I sincerely hope not to. Thank you to Aaron, Sarah and Bushra for your stories today. And if you want to send in your own story, you can do so by emailing it to Podcast at gmail.com. You can find out everything you need to know about us on Podcast at gmail.com. And on that note, we shall see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.